Hey, welcome to All 22 Podcast. Um, just want to thank everybody for your support and for tuning in. Uh, and want to highlight that this is part of the Relentless Podcast Network. Uh, we got some other stuff dropping uh, in the next couple of weeks. Most notably, our other podcast that's out is called The Journey, um, where myself, Kelly Dalsey, and Felix Moulton talk about everyday people, everyday heroes, everyday challenges and triumphs. Um, it's a mixture of faith, culture, and a whole lot more. Uh, we hope you'll join us on that. And uh, as we hear people's journeys, um, you can subscribe to that wherever you get your podcast. It's called The Journey. Um, and then ways to support. Uh, if you like what you hear, always appreciate the support. You can subscribe uh, via Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And you can also go to relentless.love and join our mailing list uh, where monthly emails will keep you in the know. But do know we don't spam. Um, and then lastly, you can always support us via merchandise, which is available at relentless.love shop. Hope you enjoy the show. Yo, welcome to All 22. I'm your host, Fred Curtis, alongside my partner in crime, Kelly Dossie. Kelly, how you living today, man? Hey, man. Pretty good, man. I'm all right. I haven't, um, you know, haven't killed myself during any workouts. You know, I'm still eating good, so I'm good. <laughs> I know that's hard for you, man. So we 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 glad you're here. I know it, man. <laughs> How about you? Man, I'm good, man. Um, shoot, out here living, still stuck in the house like everybody else, but you know, making the most of it. <clears throat> hey, it is what it is. <laughs> Gotta make the most of it. Huh? Got to make the most of it, man. <clears throat> exactly, exactly. Well, appreciate you joining me, bro. Appreciate everybody tuning in. Um, obviously, as you all know, you know, we out here living in quarantine times. Everything is remote. So um, if any technical glitches or anything like that pops up, we appreciate y'all powering through that with us. Um, to that end, uh, the song you just heard, we're going to actually probably have a new one or a different one every time you, you hop on All 22. Um, that was Lil Baby featuring Future. Um, Kelly, rank them. Lil Baby, Gunna, or the Baby? Lil Baby, Gunna, the Baby. We got the exact same list, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's my list. But, but I would say, as far as rappers, as far as rappers, that's my list. Yeah. But I, I, I like listening to Gunna way more. <laughs> Just because, man, he get me in a vibe during workouts. Yeah. I, man, Gunna, Gunna and, like, Thug are my go-to during workouts. Okay. I can get with that. Yo, that, that young Thug actually had Like, little babies mixed in there. The baby is, like, man. Gunna and young Thug are my go-tos. That's what I was saying. Yeah. I don't know what's up. No, it's all good. Um, yeah, that thug had no skips on it, which nobody gives him enough credit. They, they <laughs> I really don't. Um, I really don't rock with Future like that. 
Like I, I, I prefer, I prefer Thug's music. I understand Future has more hits. Yeah, it's just a preference thing though. Like I really don't rock with Future like that. Yeah, and it's nothing against him. It's just I, I don't like his music like that. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm the same way. I ain't ever been a big Future head, but it's like, like you said, everybody knows quite a bit of Future's hits. But yeah. I just, I, I think Thug, I think Little Baby Gunner are like better artists. I'm yeah, probably getting a lot of flack for that, but yeah, hey, it is what it is, man. You've just been people, in the game. People had their fans. Yeah, yeah. We, we typically. <laughs> y'all surprised? This is my. This is the first person. You're the first person that agree with me on all three of those rappers. Oh, little baby is. Right. It is. It's a big gap. Well, not a big gap. It's like little baby. A little bit of a gap, gonna yeah. huge gap in the yeah. It uh, is. It is. It yeah, is. I, I won't argue with nobody. Um. Anyway, the baby, I, you know, anyway, I'm not going to go there. Um, <laughs> anyway, cool, man. Last time around, we got deep into um, to the AFC South fighting uh-huh. the mediocre division in football. Well, between them and the NFC East, but different conversation. Uh, <laughs> went through there. I really like the Colts. I think you do, too. Um, Jacksonville is Jacksonville, so on and so forth. Y'all can check out that pod, episode one, um, after you check out this one. But to that end, today we're talking about a lot of uh, a lot of mediocre quarterback play. I, oh man! Um, which which I, I, if I had to put a, a theme or a tagline on the NFC North, that's where I would put it. At. Mediocre, yeah. No <laughs> I thought that. I laughed. <laughs> which 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 makes me very curious about just where the state of the league is with quarterbacks in general. I watched um I watched the football life. They had a marathon about Warren Moon a couple uh-huh. of weeks ago. And it astounded me that he had to go to Canada, to Canada you know, yeah. for so many years. And, and yeah, like eight finally, years, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, I mean, for a hot minute. Yeah. And then finally got his shot, which, you know, I think things have obviously progressed when it comes to quarterbacks and, and particularly black quarterbacks, but still a long ways to go. Um, and one of the things that highlights that is, is just a lot has happened. I think quarantine life has shown me a lot. Um, but one of the top 10 things, like forget personal stuff, one of the top 10 things that showed me is just how much people hate Lamar Jackson and Cam Newton. Oh um, and, and I just, I don't, I don't understand it. Um, well, I, 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 I do, I, I know, but I don't understand it. <laughs> we right. know. <laughs> right. And that's the thing. It's just like, man, and, and he, we all know the reason. Yeah. Um, but, you know, sometimes I try to be, you know, one of those sensible people. And not sensible, because you don't need to be sensible to understand racism. Let me choose a different word. Um, <laughs> just try to see both sides. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Uh, There's I, no other side. I, I can't see both sides on this. In fact, Brady, some guy named Brady Papinga, I know he used to be an NFL linebacker, but, um, you know, he never won MVP, uh, <laughs> said this not too long ago. Um, quote, Lamar Jackson is the poor man's Taysom Hill. Oh my not God. the other way around. That's what we have in Taysom. That's why the Saints aren't messing around. He eventually will be taken care of. Um, <laughs> yeah, released. <laughs> I, help me understand. And and to be fair, like the only thing I would I would qualify there with Brady is he went to BYU himself. So you know he he probably. That's, has the, only, that's the only valid reason I can see him saying that. The only. <laughs> And, and, and that's, why, that's why I give him a little bit of a pass because I, I can't quite say it's racism because he went to BYU. If he went to Stanford and said that, I'd be like, you just racist, bro. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
and he was a Super Bowl champ for St. Louis, so he's got that to his credit. But anyway, um, what what um, you, especially you as a football coach, what do people see in Taysom Hill? I don't I don't see it. Maybe you. Can... I see. <laughs> Look, well, when I think of Taysom Hill, I think of his days in BYU. Mm-hmm. Like I think he was in college for like six years. It seemed like, Forever. and he never <laughs> finished a season. Nope. So. His running style, and he was he was Tebow esque, but I, I'm giving him too much credit because mm-hmm. Tebow was a great college football player. See what I'm saying? So the way that their style and play was very similar. So you know, he gets drafted not as a he gets drafted a quote unquote quarterback, but they just saying, okay, you're you're a pretty good athlete, you're a big guy, we can use you somewhere on the field. Mm-hmm. So. I think I look uh, – I don't, I don't have the exact numbers, but he's attempted like 13 passes in three years. He's right around 50% completion. All right? <laughs> so you're telling me Lamar Jackson was around 55% last year, and they killed him for it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> killed him for it. Way more attempts, though. He improved. He's a 60% passer, 36 touchdowns, led the lead. Over 3,000 yards, and he's the poor man's Taysom Hill. I, I, I don't understand. <laughs> you know, the, the most interesting thing about this, and, and this should put a lot of this to rest when it comes to Taysom Hill, if, if you go to pro football reference, uh-huh. his, his, his passing stats don't even show up automatically. They don't. You got to search. <laughs> so his rushing and receiving is for rushing, receiving, advanced rushing, playoff rushing and receiving, and then you get to passing. That alone is enough of an argument right there. Right? <laughs> that is not a quarterback. And if he were black, he would have came out as a tight end and he would never get a shot at a quarterback. Yep. Never. Never. Two seasons. New Orleans. 2018, 2019. 2018, he was three of seven. Yep. Six yards and a pick. Last season. How you throw a pick in spot duty? Yep. <laughs> like last year, three of six, fifty-five yeah. yards, no touchdowns. Fourteen. He's. A, I, I said thirteen. He's attempted fourteen passes in his career. No, you were right. Thirteen. Six of thirteen. Oh, it's thirteen. Oh, okay. So he's attempted thirteen passes, and you want him to be a starter? Come on. Is is he? And this is the thing. He's known for his running ability, uh-huh. so it should be easier to complete a pass. Exactly, because you're stacking the box when you see him. Because you're stacking the box. They expect you fourth and one, third and one, whatever, you know. But, hey, it, it, I don't know, man. You know what? I don't even see him – no, I want to say – I don't even see him as, as that great of a weapon. I mean – I don't either. And when you're in New Orleans and you got Drew Brees, you got Michael Thomas, you got Alvin Kamara, and you got a good – offensive line I mean last year he had 27 rushes for 156 yards caught 19 passes for 234 yards we're acting like he's all world Antoine Randall that's what and, I'm and the guy hasn't even touched the ball well maybe not touched it he hasn't had a rush or a catch combo of 100 in a season it's, I don't I don't I I'm in a season come on man in a season five years at BYU broke his leg twice which, yeah. you know, I'm not cheering a guy breaking his leg, but he got drafted where he got drafted for a reason. He couldn't show he could stay healthy, and he broke both legs. Yeah. Um, most attempts in college, 438, the sophomore season at BYU, where he had 2,900 yards passing. Uh, completion percentage of 
He's hey, never been an accurate passer. Never an accurate passer. His, his high mark was 66.7 in 2014, and he only played five games and threw 132 passes. So, so when, you, when you're thinking about, uh, aside from the NFL, you go to college. I remember, I'm a, we're both Florida State fans. So Lamar Jackson's freshman year. Oh, my goodness. I'm, well, freshman year, he was playing, I, I don't know who he was splitting time with. He was splitting time at first, but, uh, you know, he came along uh, throughout the season. Florida, um, Florida State beat him that year. The next year, I was working, and the game was on TV. Oh, so man. I'm embarrassed the whole yeah. – I had a Florida State shirt on. <laughs> <laughs> and Lamar Jackson is just abusing the Seminoles. Did it two years – and literally dominated college football two years in a row. And you're saying Taysom Hill is better than this guy. Wasn't even better than him in college or high school. <laughs> At any level, he's not better than Lamar Jackson. But – Hey, he, man. he couldn't sniff Lamar's numbers, one, because he couldn't stay healthy. So he's yep. nice and big and strong, but broke both legs. Um, and then, two, playing in the Mountain West. Lamar, on the other hand, freshman year, 54.7 completion percentage, 56 and then 59. Um, yep. On top of the amount of times that he rushed that offense. Freshman year, 960 yards rushing. Sophomore, 1,500. 1,600 yards. And you're talking about – don't think about um, ACC now. We're, th- we're talking about, what, 15, 16, and 17 year? Mm-hmm. Year 15, 16, 17? ACC has some pretty good defenses. <laughs> yes. We're not, we're not talking about – ACC is kind of – kind of. They're really down now. But, you know, those three years, those were pretty good defenses. <sighs> and he's just toying with them boys like – He's still in high school. Yeah, I'm wrong. They weren't in the Mountain West when Taysom Hill was there, but still. They're in the WAC. They, they were. They've been independent for quite oh, some. I mean, they play. They don't. They play. They play, <laughs> they play mostly a Mountain West and and WAC when it existed schedule. Yeah. So. Um. Yeah, I I, I I'm not gonna call Brady racist only because he went to BYU. Yeah. Um, that's, he, he, that's the only pass he gets. Just that's the only pass he gets. But just you know, because of that. We, we, can, we can put that to bed and throw that into the sea of no remembrance. If they do give him a contract extension. I would love it. Oh, yeah. They're going to be bad for a while. For some yeah. reason, I've never liked the Saints. Me neither. I have no reason. But I just never liked them. <laughs> I, I, didn't, I, I just started my strong dislike of the Saints a few years ago. I used to live in New Orleans. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's a cult following down there. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think they cheated their way to a Super Bowl, and we don't bury them for that the same way we bury the Patriots. But whenever your head coach gets suspended for a year, that's crazy. the first-round pick, we need to talk about their Super Bowl the same, way talk, the same way we talk about the Astros World Series title. Like, their Super Bowl is just as tainted as any other cheat scandal in sports. I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> and another, another thing about that, um, like, I'm – we both uh, – we're both from Georgia. So, like, I wouldn't consider myself a Falcons fan. But, you know, I kind of root for them because yeah. I'm in Georgia. So, all New Orleans Saints fans hang their hat on that one Super Bowl. But, for one, you cheated. And you only have one. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's just – any other – any argument comparing any team in an NFC South, it's – 
well, we got a Super Bowl. Right. But you've been bottom feeders for the most of your existence as an organization. Forever. <laughs> so, I mean, now you're kind of consistently winning, but they'll find a way to, you know, choke in the postseason again. But, yeah. you know. <laughs> I don't I, – I think they're a uh, hot take. I think their postseason run is over. And, obviously, we'll talk more about them when we get to the South. But yeah, let, yeah we'll, we'll leave it when we get to them. Yeah. <laughs> But they you got something to say about them too. I'm I'm very happy they keep choking because it's fun. <laughs> it's the, fun no, the way they keep choking. That's what's fun. <laughs> yes. Well, that's why they like Taysom Hill so much, because he caught a touchdown in the wild card game and they think he can be a quarterback because he can catch. Anyway, um, this is precisely why I take so much joy in them choking in the playoffs, because they probably would have went back to back titles, but we'll talk more about that later. Yeah. Um <laughs> speaking of quarterbacks, why do people hate well, we know why people hate Cam Newton. Um, former league MVP. I, I wonder just what what the narrative on him would be if Super Bowl Fifty went a different way. Because if the Panthers play the Broncos ten times, I think that team nine times out of ten beats Denver. Five times out of ten destroys them. I think they were that much better. Which I think block Ron Miller. I, I think. I don't think they were. Um... I don't think they were that much better. I, I I just feel like I feel like that defense, uh, Denver's defense, was just out of the out of this world that year. Wow. Yeah. And but I felt like just the swag and the confidence of pa- the Panthers' offense. It was just we're never going to get that again. No. And so so I don't think Cam would never have a season like that again. But he doesn't have to because he's been solid his entire career. Um, I just feel like like that defense played a great game. Nobody was beating them that day. No. And like I'm a coach, I always say it's not about who. It's really not about who's the best team. Who plays the best that day? Yeah. (laughs) And Denver was just out of this world. And I think you know, you know, Cam and maybe the offense was kind (laughs) of. I want to say scared is not the word because. They're grown men. They're not scared. But <laughs> I don't think they were fully prepared. <laughs> they weren't. I, I, I think, one, they, I think they were feeling themselves too much. They yeah. breaks off Arizona and were just like, we're going to cruise to this. We were 15-1. and one. We got the MVP. We bad. But then, two, I think um, the first play of the game, Von Miller came off that edge. Yeah. The horse. That, you know, that, that, that reminds me of the previous year. Well, it was the previous year or the year before. The year same before. thing happened to Denver. Yep. With the Seattle. Game the I game was, was done. Yeah. It was done. <laughs> because uh, if you ever played, that's for the people I have, if you ever played a sport, um, some, sometimes you, go, you may go in the, into the game, you're either intimidated by the team or the team is a little bit intimidated by you either way. Mm-hmm. Or something happens and you're just like, well, dang, <laughs> are we ready? You just start second-guessing yourself. And I feel like that happened two straight years. When, well, Denver, um, that, wasn't too, that wasn't two straight years because the Patriots won in between. But um, so Seattle against Denver. Oh, yeah. That's safety. And then Patriots was the next year. They beat Seattle. Marshawn Lynch still should have got the ball. But Denver and um, Carolina, first play of the game, man. First series of the game, they punched you in the mouth, yep. and you weren't expecting it. Game was over. Yeah. 
And in that first possession, they got the ball at third and 10. I think Vaughn sat Cam for like a loss of 11. I, I think it was a wrap after that. Um, it was a wrap. And you could tell Cam was pretty shook. I, I think he stood back there, you know, after he said his prayer, saw Vaughn coming off the edge and secretly was like, dang, we're not going to be able to block them boys. We're not going to be able to block them. And, and if you look at him the rest of the game, I think that was in his head. Like, I, I can't sit back here for more than two and a half seconds. Yep. Um, and everybody just wanted Carolina to win for the culture. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I'm not even a Carolina fan, but I wanted them to win. That. <laughs> the culture took two culture. L's in a row in the suit. What's wrong with the NFC South, man? Cam needed to win for 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 the culture. Atlanta I needed to win for, for Atlanta, which is the culture. Oh, Come man. on, man. <laughs> and that was a few weeks after Trump won too. Like everybody needed that. Anyway. That would have been yeah. That would have been great. <laughs> anyway. To that end, I, I think Cam still has a lot left. Um, possible destinations, they say, Chicago. Although I don't think that's anymore because they got Nick Bowles. New England, Washington, so on and so forth. Where you, what, what do you think? I don't want to say where you think Cam ends up because that has a lot of different variables. What do you think is the best fit for Cam? The best fit, I thought, was either L.A., Chargers, mm. or the Bears. Those two, oh, Bears. Um, Chargers always have a solid roster for one, mm -hmm. and they have probably one of the best secondaries in the league right now, all right? So, and you got a great pass rush, improving O-line, so you're like, okay, Cam doesn't, I want to say doesn't have to worry, but he's less likely to get sacked as much as he did in Carolina. Yeah. So, you put him with a good offensive line, you know, you got Austin Eckler, you had Melvin Gordon, but so you have Keenan Allen. Come on, man. You have a true number one receiver and a solid defense. Yeah. It would have been great. Chicago Bears, always top five defense. You know, you got weapons like, you know, um, Allen Robinson, Tariq Cohen, uh, Montgomery, the running back. So they just added Jimmy Graham, I think. And mm -hmm. that would have been another solid destination. But apparently they're going – L.A. is going with Tyrod and – Chicago, they have foals, so that's not going to happen. I think um, I want New England. Yeah, I really, I really want New England, but I can't see it. It'd be great for Cam to just, you know, be able to study under McDaniel's and Belichick, even if it's just for a year. That's what I really want. But I think Miami, man. Mm. And I was, I was going to say Washington. I say Miami or Washington. Apparently, Washington is giving it to Dwayne Haskins. I don't believe it, but I think one of those two is where he'll end up. Um, I think either one, like if he holds the Miami, I think they still draft the quarterback. Wherever he goes, he's signing a one or two year deal. Yeah, but I, I think it's Miami. That that's where if I had to put my money on it, I will put it on Miami. And it, I, I like Flores, man. I think he's. I think he's building I, something. I it's, it, uh, it's gonna take some time, but I, I think he's he's building something. And there's no Brady in the uh, AFC East, so. I agree, man. Flora is one of the most underrated coaches in the league, I think, um, with that roster from last year, especially with how they started. That thing could have derailed quickly and they could have gone 0-16 with the way those first few weeks. That shows he, he's a, if nothing else, you know, he's a leader of men. Yeah. How yeah. they started last year and ended. Without question. And I remember hearing for, after the first game when, you know, the Ravens demolished them, 55 to 10. <laughs> but 
It was rumblings. Oh, Minka got traded after. I think somebody else got traded. Rumblings where every all the players were reaching out to the agents. So yeah. they started there. And he basically galvanized the entire group and they started winning at the end of the season and start losing close games. Mm-hmm. So and I hate it. <laughs> I just thought about this when we brought him up. When he was um being interviewed for head coaching jobs, they would call him the defensive play caller. Oh my goodness. Dude, what does the defensive coordinator do? He calls plays. <laughs> but that's another story. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I, I think – I hope he gets to Miami, man. I hope he goes to Miami. What do you think? I think I think New England is the most intriguing. Uh, I, I hate New England, as, as I think everybody does. I think that's the most intriguing, though. If you put, him, if you put Cam on that roster, you know, obviously Cam is not Tom Brady, but I think there's still a – if he's healthy, which I which I think every conversation around Cam hinges off him being healthy. So we'll just we'll we'll assume he's gonna be healthy. Um New England's the most intriguing. You put him on there, they're still a Super Bowl contender, I think, period. Uh I think Washington is the most stable, reuniting him with Ron Rivera for the, for for all the, the talk about him being a big personality and hard to manage and all this stuff. You never heard anything about a strife between them. Um, no. The, the, the guy is coachable, regardless of what people say. They don't like that he's a little flashy or flamboyant. He and Atlanta do. They'll be all right. You know, Tom Brady gets up and screams or yells at coaches. It's, uh, it's passion. You know, Cam does it. It's, uh, he's, 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 he's a locker room problem. And yeah. you, know, you never heard nothing about Cam in the locker room. Hey, um, if you, when you get a chance, I don't, I don't know where it was uh, recorded, but they did an interview with Luke, Luke Keekley. Mm-hmm. He said all the same things you just said, he said. So he's like, he's never met a more energetic person, a more positive person than Cam, a more lovable teammate, all of this stuff. <laughs> I think but, you want that in Cam, man. You I, want mean, I think you want that in a quarterback. First of all, if he's, if he's not that guy, if he's not who he is from a personal perspective, passionate, outgoing, very, very confident, borderline arrogant. I want my quarterback to be borderline arrogant. First of all, you don't, you don't get to the top of any profession if you're you not man. arrogant, period. You don't. <laughs> so, you know, Nick Foles. Tom Brady is the most arrogant, but in a, he's the most arrogant person in the NFL. Right. But it's just not seen as arrogant. Exactly. They use, they find different terms. <laughs> you know, if Nick Foles is a great guy, I think a, a, a very legitimate Christian, takes his faith seriously. I'm, I'm 100% sure Nick Foles has some arrogance in him. You don't get to be one of the top 32 people in the world at what you do without a supreme nature of arrogance and cockiness. You just don't. <laughs> yeah, this, this man came off the bench and won a team a Super Bowl. You don't right. think he's feeling himself? <laughs> right. Like, all glory to God for sure. But he's feeling the gift God gave him, and I'm exactly, with it. Exactly. Uh, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, New England's the most intriguing. Washington's the most stable. I think Miami makes the most sense. Um, I do, they, too. They should sign them to a one-year prove-it deal. They've got the cap space in a way that New England doesn't. They'd have to maneuver that a bit. Um, and then they should still draft two in the top five. I think you give I, – I, I might I – at this point, I'd be willing to give Cam a two-year deal. That's what I was thinking. Miami. Um, Especially want, if you draft Tua because of the history or injury. Exactly. I, I want to sit Tua for two years, yeah. and I want him to just live with my strength and training coach yep. and, and get NFL – because if, if you – if he if he had the durability issues he had at Alabama, which is a pseudo NFL draft factory, um, 
then there's a lot to do from from the development of his of his body. Because clearly Tua has all the tools, all the tools. Everybody knows that. Um, but the biggest concern is, you know, if he goes, if he goes to, you know, I don't know, say he does go to Miami, uh-huh. and you know, when they play Indianapolis, for example, you know, <laughs> once the Forrest Buckner plows into you, yeah. can you hold up? And so I, I want two years of Tua just eating the way I tell him to eat, training the way I tell him to train, putting on body weight, filling out his body. I, I think Cam makes sense. I think they would be competitive, um, especially in the AFC East. If you add Cam to them, I'm not going to say they make the playoffs. I think they're at least they're seven. seven and nine, eight and eight. Yep. I, uh, I think they're right around there. Yeah. And then, and then the year after, in 2021, I think they definitely challenge, they challenge Buffalo. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. I want them in – the fan in me wants him in New England, fan of the NFL. Yeah, that's um, me. Me too. <laughs> I, I, I think Miami makes the most sense. I don't know. It, it, it should come to fruition soon. It, I mean, the draft is, is next week. I don't know. I, 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 think something's, I think something's going to have during that weekend. Yeah. Because, look, the first round you got, you know, you got Tua, you got Burrow, Herbert, Jordan Love. All of those guys likely going on the first day. Mm-hmm. So, okay, now these teams have their quarterback of the future. Okay, now let's maneuver everything else. Because Jameis is still out there. Cam is still out there. Oh, so yeah. you have quarterbacks who have played very well, you know, in the NFL as starters. But, you know, you may not want to extend them to a long contract. So – I think something's going to happen, you know, sometime during that weekend. It's going to start off. It's just who's going to, who's going to sign first. Yeah. Because we forget about Jameis. Like, do teams want to a one-year deal and, you know, they kind of – him as a stopgap or they just see him as a backup now? Yeah, I don't forget know. about 30-30. 30 for 30. That's what I'm going to call it from now on. 30 for 30. Uh, <laughs> you think about this, though. We – and we're getting – this is a little bit off topic. but Jameis – I saw a stat where it said uh, Bruce Arians coached quarterbacks in their first year had the most turnovers they ever had in their career. Mm. I think it was Ben, Carson Palmer, and Jameis Winston. Mm. Part of it is – you know, they like to throw the ball downfield. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, I get that. 30 – now, mind you, 30 interceptions is a lot. But I'm saying – hard to do. Let, let, let's just say Bruce came a year earlier, so he was in year four. Think about where Jameis would have been year five. That's true. I just think – he's not a backup, man. He's, no. he's a starter in the NFL. It's just what team – what team is going to say, okay, you're better than our starter and we want to build a future around you? So, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know which team is going to say that. I think the best fit would be Denver. I'm not sold on Drew Locke. That would be, yeah. But, you know, John, John Elway is uh, – he's interesting. He should be out of a job, but we'll no, get to Elway should have been out of a job a long, long time ago. ago. <laughs> long time yeah. ago. But, you know, it doesn't uh, work like that. He can't draft a quarterback to save his life. If he were black, he'd be gone. Anyway, um, I think something's got to happen this weekend between Jameis and Cam because these teams, if they're smart, they've got to know who's going to play quarterback for them going into the draft. Burrow's going number one. 
Two or <laughs> Love are probably going in the top 10. If you take two or, or Love, you better be ready for a project. Love from a development standpoint, two or from We Just Need Your Body to Fill Out standpoint. I, I think whoever signs both of those guys also needs to draft either two or Love or wait till day two and take from. Um, I, I really think it'll be, I, I think it'll be Miami, but. I do too. I hope, I hope it's Miami. And I think it's Miami. <laughs> you know, who I, who I thought actually was the original team that was going to go with, with Cam Newton was Chicago. Um, and, and instead they make the move uh, and, and trade for Nick Foles. So now they've got, they've got a former Super Bowl MVP and Nick Foles, who played great in the postseason, as we both know that year. He took Philly to, to the Super Bowl. He's had some flashes. Um, yeah. I like Nick Foles, but he's never put it together for 16 games. Um, to Matt Nagy's credit, uh, he has fully acknowledged that Trubisky is a problem. Uh, yeah. Everyone knew he was a problem. Yep. He had no business going in the top two. And, and some of these quarterback conundrums are, are things that, you know, you see better in hindsight, you know. Yeah. Uh, Mitch Trubisky is not one of them. He's not uh, one of them. He's not. He, <laughs> he had no business going to the top two. Everyone knew he had no business going that high. And I'm, I'm not even like, a, oh, you know, they could have had Deshaun Watson or Pat, Patrick Mahomes. Because you don't know if either of those guys developed well in that circumstance. But it's a matter of you could have got Trubisky if you traded back or in some other circumstance. And, and well, that I matters. I think I agree on that, but just the talks leading up to the draft, NFL teams didn't agree. They literally had – even I think um, uh, Mayock and Kuyper had Trubisky as their number one quarterback. Well, it's Mayock like, and Kuyper, so. You're right, but I'm, I'm just talking about the draft gurus <laughs> and Matt Miller and all of them. Oh, like, Matt Miller, got to love him. I, I don't understand – how a 13-game starter who didn't wow you at all, he moves ahead of a guy, for one, who should have beat Alabama twice. Mm. <laughs> should have beat him twice. And over another guy who literally can – I mean, he does he, – he throw the ball 70 yards or whatever, but he makes plays. He makes plays, you know, game in and game out. And you choose Mitchell Trubisky. They traded up for him. <laughs> What's crazy? They traded one spot up. Traded one spot up. And who who else was gonna reach for them? Who will reach for him? I mean, they were probably reading. They were probably reading uh, Miller and and Mayox and Kuyper's uh, reports, all the smoke screens, and thought he was gonna be gone. Um, right. Look, I, you know. I don't know no self-respecting person who watches football um, thought Mr. Biscay had any business going in the top five. You can these draft gurus can call themselves gurus. I mean, if, if you watch college football, you knew that. And and all the indications of like historically, like we 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 know you sometimes you end up with gems. It's like we didn't expect him to be a gem sometimes, uh -huh. but other times you end up with bad quarterbacks and. And if you just watched games and did a little bit of research, you know they were going to be a bad quarterback. Trubisky is one. Blake Bortles had no business going in top three. EJ Manuel and Christian Ponder had no business being first-round picks. And it's like three indicators that you know from college quarterbacks. Are you accurate? But you can watch tape and find out. Yep. Um, have you made at least 25 starts? 
Because if if you're if you're a quarterback and you're really good, you probably show that your freshman year or at least your sophomore year. Quarterbacks don't just pop, which makes me a little worried about Joe Burrow. We can talk about that later. Um, and sixty percent completion and or if you're right under sixty percent, I need you to be a playmaker, which is where Lamar was, which yeah. is which is Deshaun. Uh, Trubisky just had no business going on top two. We agree on that. We we're we're on um, draft gurus, and that's where I'm gonna leave it. But um, eight and eight last year, as you said, Chicago's got weapons. Allen Robinson, I think, is one of the most underrated wide receivers in the game. Uh, Trey Burton can't stay healthy, but when it, the six games he's gonna play for you, he's gonna yeah, be a playmaker. Yeah, it, you know you're gonna get six games of solidness, and that might be the difference between ten and six and nine and seven. So, oh my bad, ten and seven, um, and nine and eight. Damn, we're gonna have to start. That started this year. I that's thought it was this year. No, that's, they they got straight to it. Oh man. Yeah, it's gonna be weird. Um. Tariq Cohen, David Montgomery, uh, they don't have much. My concern is they don't have much, I think, after Allen Robinson. Cordell Patterson is no business still trying to catch passes. Uh, I like Anthony Miller is solid. You like him? Okay. Uh, In the slot. Yeah, he's slot. He, he, he's solid, but like you said, you need, you need a guy on the outside. But, I mean, they, they, they can – they'll be able to open it up with, you know, Graham in the red zone and – you know, Cohen, he does everything, but they don't have a, a solid outside guy opposite of Robinson. Yeah. So. I, I I thought Chicago was going to go to the Super Bowl in 2017, actually, um, before they – They lost to Philly, right? They lost to Philly when he shanked that field goal. Yep. Um, I I don't know if they're – I don't know if they're that good anymore. My My, my concern with this team is the offensive line which I think Matt Nagy recognizes. And, and I think that was probably the catalyst in, in trading for Nick Foles, which is why I think Cam Newton would have been a perfect fit. But that should have been the – I think that's the catalyst because it's going to be a lot of quick snaps, quick decisions, which I think Foles is obviously much better than Trubisky. You, we can give Foles a lot of flack. He can read defense. Yeah, um, yeah. And he can make quick decisions. I, I just – I guess that's how they're going to compensate for a bit of a mediocre offensive line. Um, you got Bobby Massey at right tackle. Um, Charles Leno was okay last year. That's where my concern is. But they got enough weapons and speed, I think, outside with, with, with Robinson, safety valve, and Miller. Trey Burton's going to play six games, like I said. But he's, you know, he, when he's at, when he out there, he's a threat. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think that's the biggest thing. And, and it's why I, I don't – Chicago obviously won't be awful. Um, I, I think a lot depends on how Nagy sort of – adjust his offense to Nick Foles. But, I mean, look, he went 12-4 and in Mr. Biscuit a couple of years ago. So. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, he's – that, like, our boy Lewis Riddick. <laughs> so, this, this is the thing. Lewis Riddick, I remember he hyped up uh, Mahomes before his first start. Did hype Mahomes. He hyped them all up, called him a Ferrari, and he came out fine. All right? So, he hyped somebody else up I can't remember. But then he got the Trubisky. So, you know, you know what? My man, Lewis, don't miss. He don't so miss. Of, I was like, Lewis, <laughs> Lewis, I'm going to put faith in you again. Trubisky is, is going to be all right this year. And that's what happened last year. <laughs> <laughs> so, Nagy isn't the problem. Nagy is a solid, you know, play call. Top, top, ten, play call. top 10. The team is built the right way. You cold weather. You run the ball. <clears throat> you run the ball. You get to the uh, you get to the quarterback, and you stop the run. So the team is built the right way. 
nobody wants to go to Chicago in a playoff game. Hey. The quarterback. So kudos to him for like literally, you know what? I don't care where we drafted this kid. We need another guy. Yeah. <laughs> so and that's what year three? They gave him three years. He's out of there. <laughs> three years. They they did it the right way. Um and 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 I, I appreciate I'm a big Matt Nagy fan just for, you know, whatever they call that word, where you're transparency. Um and he said as much. He's like, you know, we're not getting enough from a quarterback position. Um, which, I love that. <laughs> hey, you know, we, we live in a world where we, uh, you know, aren't enough straight shooters and, and you know, sugarcoat stuff enough. Uh, Trubisky was a problem, period. I, I don't know if – I don't – Foles is not a long-term solution, and I think they know that. No. But if, if you're trying to compete the way they are, I think you got a chance, particularly when you look at their defense. Um, Eddie Goldman might not be the player he used to be, but he's still a force that knows. Um, sure. um, Danny Trevathan, <laughs> Rokon Smith, they just added Robert Quinn. Secondary is, is pretty decent. They added Artie Burns from Pittsburgh, who I, I think has a tendency to get beat. Um, yeah. I've, I've seen it quite a bit. Uh, we both have as Raven fan, actually. But, you know, he's, he's serviceable opposite Cal Fuller. Um, but – the, the biggest difference maker is you got probably the, the best edge rusher in the league in Khalil Mack. Yeah. Um, and, and when you got that in a serviceable offense, you're going to have a chance to win some games. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with all that, man. So hopefully Foles is their guy. I think it's like one or two years, though. I think it's one or two years. I think they might be looking at a quarterback maybe on day two. Um, probably so. And, and, I, and I bet – I don't know. That's probably a point of contention maybe for Ryan Pace, Bears GM, and for uh, for Matt Nagy. Nagy probably wants some pieces to help him win now. Um, yeah. Ryan Pace has got to be looking out for his job a little bit. We got Foles. We got another guy in waiting. We'll see. Um, speaking of quarterbacks, I think we need to give Kirk Cousins a call and see if he can teach us how to rob a bank. But, you know, what's uh, <laughs> um, there's a, another, another two-year deal. The thing is worth almost $42 million. And I think this one is fully guaranteed too, right? Dude, I've been watching Money Heist, and they can <laughs> – Cousins has been watching Money Heist because – got to love it. Look, I, I'm, all, I'm glad he's getting his money. Like, get your money. Get, right. get your money, <laughs> negotiate. You got a great agent, but you're just solid. <laughs> and – but – at the same time, I, I don't even talk – I don't like to even talk about um, QB contracts anymore just because the way it works now, you're, it's just the next guy in line to get, get paid. And yeah. that's, that's just where the league is. So, hey, you want to spend $40 million a year on a quarterback? Just know your roster is going to suffer. What I, what I think they should do – and this, this will make the league so much more competitive. So – many more teams more competitive and for longer like don't even have the quarterback uh contract in the cap <laughs> don't even have it in a cap i know this would never happen but think about i mean obviously it's gonna it's still negotiations and okay you, we're not just going to give a guy 60 million a year because he doesn't take up cap space right but <clears throat> think about when mahomes gets paid that's gonna fall off. That what that roster is gonna fall off. Yeah, because he's gonna get forty mil. How yeah. you gonna pay Tyran? How you gonna pay 
Um, you know, you got Sammy Watkins. Um, how are you going to pay Tariq Hill? Like, you're not going to be able to pay all of these guys, and you're making – your quarterback's making 40 mil. So, that's just another <laughs> – that's just an idea that I had. But, yeah, Cousins is solid. He's going to get you 10 wins, but not a Super Bowl win. Exactly. exactly. He's going to get you 10 wins, not a Super Bowl win. And it, it would be – if he wasn't the reason – that they were losing these, you know, quote-unquote primetime games, then it would be different. Like, if he was playing well in these games, the defense is just not doing what they're supposed to do, that's different. But in primetime games, he just hasn't played well. Yeah, he's the reason why. Monday night, Sunday night, you know, uh, postseason, he played well against the Saints. But, you know, he's the reason why they're not winning these, you know, you know really uh, important games, so – that's what you got to deal with. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I agree. They went 10-6 and six last year, ended up with that miraculous win over New Orleans, which I was very ecstatic to, to see. But I, I, re-watched, um, <clears throat> I re-watched that divisional game against San Francisco yeah. earlier today. It was lost. Um, and, and he looked like he dared headlights. And, and I think, like, people don't understand that enough. Like, that, I, that's their ceiling. With, with Kirk Cousins is, is a wild card victory because when, when you get to the division round, <clears throat> not only are you playing good teams, but nobody I'm – I'm, uh, I'm an offensive and defensive line enthusiast. You, you don't play teams with bad players in the trenches in the divisional round. You yeah. might get some mediocre offensive or defensive lines in the wild card, especially now you will because they're going to seven playoff teams. But when you get to that divisional round, you're playing a team with a very good offensive line, a very good defensive line. Yep. And you can just tell he was dazed um, <clears throat> and just really didn't have any idea what was going on out there. On top of that, he no longer has Ste- uh, Stephen Diggs there, which I-, I guess in their mind, you know, Tajay Sharp, who came over from Tennessee, is supposed to replace him as a big play threat. I like Sharp. He's not Diggs. He's not. I at least like that Minnesota got a first-round pick back for them. Um you know, Bill O'Brien should call Rick Spielman and get some advice. But they might go receiver. They might. Who would that be down there? What what pick? It's got to be in the 20s. I'm looking it up right Their now. Their pick, so wild card. So um, they're around 21, 23. <clears throat> Mid-20s for sure. Mid-20s, I'm thinking. Uh, Outside of Judy, Ruggs, and Lamb range for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm thinking Justin Jefferson range, maybe. He's in the teens or early 20s. Ooh. Okay. That might change. 20, 20 what? 22 from Buffalo and 25. 22 and 25. But I think Philly has 21. Philly has 21. So I think if, I think if he lasts to Philly, Philly grabs him. But if they don't, hey, not want to say replacement, but – they they play pretty similar as far as route tree and things like yeah. that. But it's still 10 wins. <laughs> I, I like Minnesota. They're definitely going to be competitive. I think they got a great shot at winning the NFC North. I guess to their credit, first of all, I, I'm a big Mike Zimmer fan too. I, yeah. I, I guess to their credit, you know, if you're winning 10 games and you're, and you're winning your division, you're in the hunt, which I understand. You get to that yeah. second weekend, you know, you know, the ball bounces your way straight a couple of times. You got a chance to win, or you come against a team with injuries. You know, you're good to go. The 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 problem is, I think one is you got Kirk Cousins at quarterback, but two, that offensive line isn't that good either. 
It it really isn't. Uh, yeah, I, Riley Reef is 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 pretty good on the on the on the outside. Um, I think he's at left tackle. Their interior offensive line is what is what really concerns me. And I think you saw that in the divisional round. Um, I think it was the first series, as a matter of fact. You know, I saw Buckner break up a couple of plays. And, and, and that was the that was the tail of the game, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, Brian O'Neill, Riley Reef on the outside, pretty good. Uh, I think they're going back with Pat Eflin at, what does he play, right guard, left guard? Um, Garrett Bradbury. Bless his soul. And, and I guess they're counting on improvement from him going into his second year. Yeah. So I guess that can be the caveat there. And center is an incredibly position, incredibly difficult position to transition to at the NFL. I'm worried about their interior offensive line, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm also worried about their front, their front seven. I think they got some good edge rushers in Danielle Hunter. Um, and obviously, you know, Eric Kendrick, Anthony Barr, I think, took a big drop. He uh, did. He after did. he signed that contract. Uh, and I don't think they've got the same defensive problems. Harrison Smith, one of the best safeties in the league. Anthony Harris, one of the best safeties in the league. Um, but they got some cornerback issues, I think. And and they don't – I don't think they're going to get enough pressure on a quarterback to compensate for the limitations they have in the secondary. You, yeah. you, they've got two, I think, all-pro caliber safeties. The problem is, you know, your safeties can't cover on the outside. And, you know, Xavier Rose would – run around and flaunt, you know, himself last year. I think I tweeted this when I saw him get into it with Harrison Smith in the playoff game. I'm like, bro, you, you haven't been good enough this year to, to yeah. come at an all-pro. Yeah. He was living off his name last year. He was bad. Yeah, he was bad. He was bad. That's why he got released. <laughs> yeah. Oh, t- tenth in def- defensive efficiency last year. Nine and seven, ten and 16. Um, That's what I see. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't see much else going on there. Uh... We're out of time here, man. Let's go Green Bay. Um, let's go Green Bay. Um, Aaron Rodgers is washed. <laughs> let's just start with the hot take. Wait, wait. <laughs> when I when I say when you say washed, okay, I, I know what you mean. But my my entire take on Aaron Rodgers is when I use the word overrated, it's on how what how people portray him. Yes. So he's a very good quarterback. Absolutely. And if you look at his numbers, I think he had 28 touchdowns and four interceptions last year. 26 and four. But you, that line. you didn't see the Aaron Rodgers plays. You didn't see, as they proclaim him, GOAT plays. Yep. So, and the reason they were losing games was because of him. Yep. So you can't proclaim him as the GOAT or the best quarterback in the league when – Okay, you have the weapons. You added Zadarius, uh, 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 was Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith. Mm-hmm. I think there's uh, stolen from Baltimore, but <laughs> um, so you you have the defense, you have the weapons on offense, and I think I, I heard a stat or I read a stat where basically on catchable passes, catchable balls thrown. Aaron Rodgers was like last in the league or something like that. Mm. So he took, he went from 40 touchdowns, 10 interceptions to a cliff down. Not saying he's still not a great player. He's just not what he used to be. And I don't know if that's defense is just catching up to him on what he likes to do. Because before I just felt like the Mike McCarthy thing was just a cop out. 
Oh, for sure. Like, dude, you just not no reason. You're just not leading your team to victory. It's simple. Like you, we can go back to um, um, 2000. What was that? 2015 or 14? When did Seattle win? 13. You can go back to that NFC title game. Russell Wilson threw five interceptions, and you can't win that game. Ridiculous. Like it, it's you get demolished in the first half by the Falcons. The score looks better in 2017, but you got killed. And yes, the defense gave up plays, but you got blanked in the first half. Yeah. So things like that, uh, Packers fans will say, well, what did the defense do? Well, you got to put things in context. Did you watch the game? Exactly. What was the score in the first quarter? Exactly. What was the score at halftime? If you have zero points at halftime, you can't say anything about the defense. No, I don't care if they gave up 100. You couldn't lead your team in the end zone. So, yeah, um, he's not the GOAT for one. No. Uh, <laughs> he has kind of, you know, I, I don't want to say falling off a cliff. He's just – he's regressed a little bit. And he has one Super Bowl, and that was 11 years ago. He's got one Super Bowl. Dang, that was a long time ago, too. Good. 11. Dude, he won his Super Bowl. And <laughs> his, he won his Super Bowl – I think in year four or year five. year five. And that was only his third year as a starter. Yeah. So you think about it. You won your – you technically won the Super Bowl in year three. Yeah. And you haven't done anything since then. <clears throat> anything is harsh. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think we're aligned there, man. I, you know, you look at his numbers, and obviously when I say he's washed, I think – He's washed to the extent that everybody still thinks he's a top three or five quarterback. He's not. You look at his stat, and that's the thing. It's like, you know, NFL game pass is free right now. You know, your un- unacceptable hot takes are, are, you know, are ridiculous. You can watch film, and you got plenty of time to watch film. And, and with Aaron, it's one of those things. It's not going to show up in the stat box for the regular season. It's but if, not. You, if you watch him play in the regular season, he, he just doesn't have it the way he does and the way he used to. And I, I'll, I'll put it to you this way, his last, his last few elimination games in the playoffs, 2014 at Seattle, 19-34, 178 yards, one touchdown, two picks. Against Arizona, 2015, 24-44, 261 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. 2017, that NFC title game where they got rocked. 27-45, 287 yards, three touchdowns, and a pick. Whenever you let Vic Beasley live in the – in the backfield. All those touchdowns were in the Hardly late third, fourth quarter, by yep. the way. <laughs> yep. After they had already been annihilated and everybody was already headed to Magic City. Um, 2019, last year, the stats were even a lot. 31 and 39, 326 yards, two touchdowns, two picks. That game was never close. That was the most fraudulent. Never. Never. <clears throat> <laughs> team was the most fraudulent 13 and 3 team I've ever seen. And the, and, and the analytics bear it out. Their expected win loss was you know, 9.7 to 6. That was a 10 and 6, 9 and 17. They ended up going 13 and 3. Had no business getting that far. Um, and if you watch, if you literally turn on the TV <laughs> and just watch, just watch you know good teams when you see them. Just watch. You know it. I don't care how many regular season games they won. Like, even when um, um, the Tennessee Titans, they beat my Ravens. But I knew they were a solid team because they're built the right way. Mm-hmm. Running game, great offensive line, great defensive line, quarterback, you know, uh, was solid, didn't turn the ball over. Look, all you got to do is watch film, man. 
Don't go – you can't go simply by record. You got to watch the game. It's easy to look at the box score, man. Easy. Um, and that's what people – one thing Green Bay has going for – they got to find a replacement. I think for Aaron Rodgers, he's going into his age 37 season. Um, but I, I think Matt LaFleur is, is, is a great young coach, and he's going to be there for a while. Plus, they give coaches time there, which I think is why they've had a period of sustained success. Um, yep. <clears throat> last team there, man, is Detroit. We, 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 we uh, you and I are both big Lewis Riddick fans, but um, I, I think this is probably the second thing in life I've ever disagreed with him more. He said, uh, Detroit has, has let down Matt Stafford, not the other way around. I disagree for the amount of money he's making for the cap hit he takes up. You know, Stafford is a good quarterback. He's never going to be elite or great. Um, and, and that's why they are where they are. He's made two playoff appearances in his career. He's entering his age 32 season. I just don't see it. I think they should take two at number three. Nobody else seems to believe that. And then Matt Patricia is pretty bad. They should have fired him and hired Eric Bieniemy. But he's he's pretty bad, and he's a bad guy. Well, not you, you heard the story about um, um, Darius Slay. I did hear the story. I didn't, I didn't even need to hear it though, because I don't, he's a Belichick assistant. But th- oh. this thing, I, I don't agree with everything Belichick does. But in the back of your mind, you're like, he's developed some clout to do the things he does. Matt Patricia, dude, you haven't won anything. Nothing. So, yeah, I don't agree. Like I said, I mean, I understand the way <laughs> Belichick runs his operation, but come on, Matt. But yeah. I, I, I agree and disagree with Lewis. So, I agree, I agree with you in the sense of Matt Stafford has like a $40 million cap hit or something, something crazy like that. If you have that big of a cap hit, you need to be in the postseason. Period. And it's simple, period. Now, I do agree that, you know, offense line hasn't always been that good. Defense line has always been that good. But at the, at the end of the day, if you're making that a type of money, you're supposed to elevate, you know, your teammates, elevate the players around you. When he had Megatron, you, you just say he had two postseason appearances. Two. He had the most dominant receiver this side of Randy Moss ever. <laughs> And you couldn't do anything with that. I know I understand the running game and things like that, but he's similar to Cousins in that in primetime games, he doesn't elevate. So you got two, two quarterbacks in the same division who are basically the same person. Matt Stafford is just way more talented than Kirk Cousins as far as arm strength. But you have the same, essentially the same quarterback. At least Cousins get you 10 wins. At least Cousins get you to the postseason. <laughs> Cousins get you on primetime. Stafford Cousins plays. Cousins get you to the postseason. We'll, Matt Stafford. We'll get you Kurt. Kurt. Kurt, at least, you know, he gets you on Sunday night football. Kurt right? gets you on Sunday night football. No one <laughs> wants to see the Lions. No one. <laughs> Lions make their Monday night appearance just because every team has to make it. <laughs> exactly. <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, Stafford's cap hit this year is 21.3. Next year is 33. So, obviously, you can't cut him. And, you know, I, I think they should take two or three overall, uh, keep Stafford for a couple years, cut ties and move on. I, I do agree with that. Obviously, they haven't, done, um, they haven't done a good job of building a team around him. But they, they did recently uh, just sign the, the king of, of backup quarterbacks from Chase Daniels. So, 
if he goes down, they should still be uh, a six or seven win team. Yo, I, I, hey, Chase Daniel might be the goat, man. He is, is the goat. This man has made probably like thirty million and started like two games. Oh man, what a life! That's a great life. What a life! Oh man, we gotta leave it there, my brother. Uh, All right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, appreciate you joining me today, Kelly on the on the on the mic right here. Gonna go ahead and close out. Join us next time. Um, we'll dive into I think the NFC East. Talk about yeah. location. Yeah, let's. I, 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 yeah, let's do the NFC East. Man. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Um, I can't wait to talk about the Cowboys. Yeah, and we'll talk about the $40 million that Dak wants, too. Yeah, um, yep, can't wait. <laughs> Go ahead, don't kill these people on your virtual workout, man. <laughs> All right, man, we'll see you. All right, appreciate <laughs> you, bro. Thank you. The All 22 podcast is written by me and our co-host, Kelly Dawson. Audio edits by me as well. Research and data, courtesy of Pro Football Reference, Pro Football Focus, over the Cap, ESPN, Football Outsiders, CBS Sports, NBC Chicago, SB Nation, 538, and Outlands.com. Many of the topics discussed on the All 22 podcast are accompanied by more in-depth written articles, which you can access at relentless.love slash sports. Intro song is Live Off My Closet, a little baby featuring Future off his debut album, My Turn. Copyright 2020, Quality Control Music, LLC. We look forward to having you with us again next week.